Welcome to Stuck In My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. And welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E Wise. And if you are a fan of the Three Stooges, then my next guest is someone that you will truly enjoy. He is an author. He has an amazing book coming out soon. The amazing Jeff Dale. What's up, Jeff? Well, I've never been called amazing before, so I I do thank you for that. Listen, you are amazing, man. What are you talking about? Well, I'm I'm all dressed. Let me show you my shirt. Look at that. See, that's even better. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) And on my my wife's recommendation, I've tied my hair, all of it, back in a a ponytail, trimmed the beard a little this morning, and so I'm all ready. Oh, listen, listen. I have my my ponytail stashed away also, so it's like when I... Yeah, I have the hat and the the thing also. The hair doesn't come out through the sides, and it comes out everywhere, so... Good stuff. Hey, look, Shemp was the original hippie with that hairdo, so he would appreciate us, both of us. Oh, yes. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little about your book. Well, believe it or not, I've been working on it now for about four years. There's never been a book written on Shemp. Um, Like everyone else, every male anyway, and a lot of females still. I've loved the Stooges uh, since I moved to Canada from England with my family back in 55. That shows you how old I am. I was introduced to the Stooges in 58 via their shorts but as soon as my father saw what was going on he said oh god no no none of that oh way too violent horrible it makes me wonder how my dad would feel now if he was around looking at stuff today i mean boy uh, the and yeah, violence and, that, and that's bummer. that was that was slapstick comedy back then that was it was okay yeah it was yes it was abusive especially as far as the stooges because we're concerned yes there was some <laughs> abuse going on there but it was slapstick comedy so but imagine now how some of the people who thought that was violent would see the violence that w- the programming that we watch today, even on yeah, regular I mean, TV. Can tell, yeah, can you tell me the last time that you saw Curly or Shampa being beheaded or yeah. vaporized? I mean, it didn't happen. Yeah, no, it's just good, clean fun. Poking the eye, slap in the face. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's times have definitely changed. It's it's a different time, and com- comedy is not the same. It's it's and well, movies aren't the same. So programming, yeah. com- so my my thing is now I'm I'm trying to put programming that's like nothing but positive content. Just put positive people with uh, positive messages out there. That's well, that's good to hear because um, every time I'm feeling down on the dumps or low, <laughs> which can be quite often when you're a writer, I flick on the studios or or, or Lauren Hardy or the Marx Brothers. Oh uh, yeah, um, I, I, the, just, the, I just feel good. The the um, who's on first and um, no, he's on third. Though that skit to me is oh. one of the greatest of all time. Uh, Laurel and Hardy definitely were one of my favorites. Abbott and Costello, yeah, when they would meet Dracula and Frankenstein and all. Oh, Th- those are yeah. some of my best, some of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, Abbott and Costello's uh, Meet Frankenstein to me is the classic horror comedy oh, of yes, all. Yes, yes. So well, the setting is good. It's it's dark. It's eerie. I mean, I know done on on set but it's funny but though but it's still you. but it's still you in, it's it's scary yes at yeah. this there's they add humor to it that that just that just fits right into it. it does and and there's an interesting thing for me about this book um a lot of people i i 
understand <clears throat> at least a number. Well, they were used to curly Larry and Moe, and sometimes they would, you know, sort of um, gravitate away yeah, from is the food. stream when they found He's out it was Shemp. I did the opposite. I, th- I thought, who is this guy? He, he looks a little like uh, Moe. As, as he does, and he's the older brother of Mo. Yeah, and uh, I like Shemp right from the beginning. It took me a while to get used to what he was about because it took me quite a while before I realized that he was in a lot of other movies. So for me, this whole process has been sort of exploration of Shemp. Um, it's sort of Shempology. If you could, you know, I'm not an anthropologist; I'm a Shempropologist. <laughs> and uh, thanks to some great people out there who really know their stuff, it's it's been a long process, but. Um, meeting the family oh it's it's wonderful you know meeting jill and uh, there's there's jill and sandy are the two uh granddaughters and uh jerry is the daughter-in-law and uh they're kind of happy i think i'm hoping they're more than happy that uh, when this comes up because um this is not to denigrate anyone else you're not put down um curry larry or mo because they're great too you know all the studios are great but I just think that it was about time that somebody paid Rec- some recognize Shemp yeah. yeah he's like the lost stooge like no one gives him credit as you, you always hear about Mo, Larry and Curly because those are the, the yeah. three st- original stooges but Shemp Shemp had some funny roles I, I, I remember Shemp Shemp was I enjoyed Shemp as one of the stooges it, I, I remember some of his 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 work and to me he, he's, he's right up there with, with all the with the other three guys it's um well the interesting thing is that the family uh the horowitzes because um you know lithuanian jewish background there was the five brothers essentially the, the two elder brothers um jack and irving they in, in ended up being in business insurance insurance business and that sort of thing uh so shemp who was born samuel horowitz or shmuel in jewish was the eldest of the th- next three brothers so it was basically samuel shemp then mo harry moses then jerome and that was of course, Curly. Really? So there were the three brothers who basically got into the business. And ultimately, um, because back then there was, there was sadly, and still is, anti-Semitism on the go. And uh, I think it just made it look better for a lot of uh, Jewish comedians and actors and the like to change their name, anglicize more, and that's what they did. They became the Howards. So Shmuel, or Samuel, became Shemp, and I don't know if you've heard how that happened, but um, I could tell you if you like. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what you're here for. Well, you're, was, you're here to talk, talk about Shemp and your book, so any interesting sure. stories? Well, let's most go. most, most dollars know this, um, but the bottom line is uh, his mother, um, or their mother, she had a very strong um, sort of Lithuanian accent, and when she was calling him for dinner or calling him to come in, uh, this is sort of stooge lore, but anyway, she, it sounded when she was calling Shemp, it sounded like to his and his brothers that she was saying Shemp. So this caught on. All of a sudden, he was Shemp. So I'm sure his mother didn't realize at the time. She just invented the name of one of the stooges. <laughs> and as, as I like to point out, the, the title has not been actually finalized yet, but it's something along the line of spotlighting the original stooge, which essentially I'm saying along with Mo, uh, they were the two originals. I mean, I, I say Shemp was the original, but those two, they were basically stooges or helpers or assistants, clowns, whatever, for very, very famous comedian back in those days, Ted Healy. He was a star on stage. He was a host. He was a comic. You name it. 
he, he appeared in films. And so Mo and Shemp, who originally, I believe, in one uh, ad were described as something along the lines of two sappy-looking, two sappy-looking boobs or something of that nature. They didn't even get credited, which is which was quite common in those days. But it was Shemp and Mo. And Shemp, over the years, during those very early years from about 1923 on to about 1930, 34, he was essentially Ted Healy's main go-to stooge. So that's where the sense of the original stooge comes from. I hope people understand that. And I also hope that Ted Healy, really, let's face it, if there was no Ted Healy, really, most likely anyway, no there probably wouldn't have been three stooges or Shemp. Hats off to Ted. Did a great job. I have, I have Actually, I have a friend of mine who's from Canada, and he's a he's a big Shemp fan. He, I met him uh, through my PlayStation 4. He's a, he's a, he's about 50-something years old. 54, 50-something. He's old. He's old. Guy, he's older than me anyway, and um, but his his name is Shemper, is Shemp, and it's because he's a big he's a big Shemp fan. He and when I told him that I was gonna have you on the show, he's like, oh, let me know, let me know when you air it, so I could so I could uh, listen to it. So I gotta give him a shout out. What up, Shemp? I got the guy on talking about your man. So definitely, uh, I'll tell you what. Maybe after the show, you can tell me how to reach him because part of my book, by the way, is it's not just a biography; it's an appreciation. I have basically gone through as many uh, ordinary, regular people like us and uh, historians, authors, but also a lot of stars of today. And I say, why do you like Shemp? What is it? I talked to you know Penn and Teller. Yes, I talked to the big guy Penn. Yeah. Yeah. He's a yeah. fanatic. Loves, loves the champ. So maybe when we're all done here, you can tell me how to reach this champ, and okay. I can ask him. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him, um, and then um, I'll get his email, and then I'll, I'll, sh- I'll send it to you, and then you can reach, you can reach out to him. Definitely, yeah, I'll definitely that, do that. That sounds great because he's no, a big no, champ. No. Fan. That's that's wonderful. Those are my kind of people. Yeah, he's so. he's he's in uh, Windsor, I think. Oh, Windsor. That's uh, yeah. Whenever we well, when, when the borders were open, whenever we went across to Detroit, I, uh, I I say that wrong, don't I? It's Detroit, right? No, it's Detroit. And Americans tell me I, I see, keep saying Detroit. I say Detroit. I don't. I don't know the difference. I don't. Well, anyway, every time we go through there, you go through Windsor. Yeah. So yeah, that's what he said. That's what he told me. He's uh he's right across from Detroit. He's in Windsor. Yeah. So yeah. so now I, I see uh, I see in New York sign on your wall. So I better not tell you that I'm a Tigers fan. But uh, a Tigers fan. That 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 doesn't bother me. Now, if you said Red Sox, oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, Tigers. I'm. I have no problem with Tiger fans. I'm. If you're a Red Sox fan, yeah, we 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 can't. Be friends, yeah. <laughs> which is normal, which is right? which is is, is is not true because I have some friends that are that are uh, Red Sox fans, but it's good. I have them so I can bust on them when we beat them. So it's good. Well, you, you sort you sort of like them in spite of the fact that they like. Oh uh, yeah, Red Sox, I, right? I I don't I don't hold the I don't hold the that against them i guess i guess they they could well, they can they not everyone can be perfect and love the yankees so <laughs> well you know let's face it uh, uh well the howard boys all of them they were raised in uh you know new york and uh i haven't found this out yet maybe i'll do this for you uh i'm shemp must have been i mean i know they moved to la later but uh i'm sure he was a yankees fan um, they probably were. Um, He's got to be. Yeah, who? Oh, he was in a movie with uh, Dizzy Dean. Though, who did Dizzy Dean play for? Uh might have been for that. I sh- I sh- it might have been for the Athletics. I don't remember. I'm, I don't think it was well, for the Yankees. Anyway, he Shemp Shemp made a film, a baseball film. He's he was in a couple of baseball films, and uh, Dizzy Dean was in one. So yeah, let's let's put uh, let's put down Shemp as a New York Yankees fan. Okay. <laughs> Yogi Berra and Shamp Howard. There's a combo for you. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, you, yogiisms. That's just something I grew up listening to. Is yogiisms. It's good. Um, so yeah, that's some of the early goings on. I mean, and there's a lot of it. You know, uh, the bottom line is that Shemp, along with Mo, and by the way, the next one to come along, of course, was Larry. They discovered him uh, in in um, in a nightclub who he was hosting, and so he essentially became he became the third stooge who would ultimately be groomed as Shemp's replacement when he wanted to leave. But the three of them, you know, they played on Broadway. They were in things. Productions like, um, you know, Night in Spain, uh, Night in Venice. They did nightclubs. Um, Shem, Mo, and and uh, Larry with uh, Ted Healy were in a, a film, their first film, which is a feature-length film called uh, Soup to Nuts. Um, and that was the film, by the way, that, that they got, I would suggest, most of the recognition in terms of uh, critical uh, notice. It was the Stooges, and it wasn't a Stooge film. So if you ever go out and buy Soup to Nuts, which is available pretty much everywhere now, it will say, starring Ted Healy and, and the Three Stooges. Well, they weren't the Three Stooges then. They were, I'm not sure which one they were. They were either the Racketeers or the Southern Gentlemen. It was always Ted Healy and his Racketeers and whatever. And it's very funny because Shemp marginally at least, was, I think you could call him the the bossy stooge, if that's a good way to put it. Uh, Mo was more sort of reactive, but Shemp was a little more upper hand, which is unusual because, you know, in the latter days, it was it Mo. Was Mo yeah. yeah, but it was funny. Uh, I, I got a kick out of it. It's not a great movie. I don't think it would win any Oscars. Um, unless I was on the uh, committee the <laughs> to give us. But, I mean, it was fun. And Ted Healy, it was good to see him. He appeared in a lot of films later with Curly Larry Moe before they broke up. But there, so, I mean, Shemp had experience uh, in those days in, in, on Broadway. I mean, Broadway, that was huge back then, just like it is now. Uh, nightclubs um, and, that, and that feature film. So he had a good backing before he eventually left. Yeah. So that's the early days. Oh, so so after he left the Stooges, where, what, did he, what did he do? Well, basically, he, he went solo uh, with Vitaphone, which was sort of a, a small subsidiary of uh, Columbia. And this is where a lot of the people who are making the transition from vaudeville um the 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 silent films you know that were out there at that point um and so he came across an awful lot of people i mean it wasn't until his the latter stage of that particular phase of his life that he got to sort of be pretty much a second headliner. I mean, the first film that was released was called um, Saltwater Daffy, and one of his co-stars was none other than Jack Haley. Now, Jack Haley, uh, four or five years later, well, actually, I think about six years later, would be known to the world as the Tin Man uh, in The Wizard of Oz. So, you know, great start. I mean, uh, you know, there's that. And he met a lot of people who would become, well, for example, he did an independent film with uh, Bert Lahr, the There again, you know, the uh, the Cowardly Lion. That was uh, Henry VIII instead of Henry VIII. Um, again, you know, pretty funny. And one of the most unusual things about uh, his, his time with Vitaphone was that um, a young sort of lanky gent, uh, tall, good-looking guy, no one who knew who he was. His name was Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart. He got his first ever on-screen role in a Shemp Howard film, in a Shemp Howard short. Um, it was called uh, Art Trouble. And it's hilarious to see Shemp, uh, and it, depending on who, what biography you look at, he's either five foot five, five foot six, or five seven. Seven stretching it, but he has, he's sort of known as the tallest stooge. There he is in Art Trouble, uh, sharing some fisticuffs with a six foot, whatever, three or four, 
Jimmy Stewart. And the odd thing about it is, and this is a, one of Shemp's talents, he knew how to capture the space. Like he was good at doing that um, on the, the stage. He did that on screen. He never really looked out of place. So you're you're swinging, swinging away left and right uh, with Jimmy Stewart and looking like you're holding your own. He didn't look out of place. Uh, it's but it's wonderful. Uh, Jimmy, by the way, according to one of the biographers, got fifty dollars for this sort of little role, and fifty bucks back then was whoa, that's big time. They must have known that in a few years down the road he'd be an Oscar winner. So he came across so many people. That whole stage of Columbia uh, later developed into films with um, with the Universal. There was there was the five big studios, and, and Universal, I think, at that point would have been number five, and. Um, the, the roles increase to a um, an even I think an even greater level. Um, so I, I don't know how much you've heard about that. Have you heard about any of his films that he did with uh, say Universal? No, not really. Oh, okay. Well, this is great. So this is he it's a learning appeared, experience. Uh, yes. Oh, that's good. It's just, I'm, I'm glad to educate you on this. By the way, one of the things uh, when Chimp basically finished off uh, his stint with Vitaphone, it was with the uh, the Joe Paluca series. You know, the the, the sort of uh, country boy who became becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. Now, the role should have been essentially uh, belonged to the guy um, uh, Norton. I've forgotten his name. This is terrible. Who played the fighter? But Shem played Nobby Walsh. He was the trainer, the manager sort of thing. And he stole the whole series. I mean, and there's a reason for this, which I didn't go into before. Shem was a lifelong boxing fan. He loved it. I mean, he never, he never got in the ring. But by, by the way, uh, Larry Fine did get in the ring as a youngster. That's a whole other story. But Shem, Shem loved... Uh, Love boxing from day one. He got to, you know, meet some of them. He was always at the fights, screaming, hollering, jumping up and down. And so when he came along to appear as Nobby Walsh in um, in the Joe Palooka series, I mean, it not only grabbed the attention of the audience, but a couple of columnists that I were reading, you know, were just saying, well, it, it was a natural pick. You could have picked other people for that role, but that was a natural. So when he left uh, Vitaphone, he left on a very, very high note. And, of course, leaving New York, of course, he followed where his brothers, the three studios, had moved. And that was, of course, into California. And he started um, started doing some... Actually, the first film he did for Columbia, in fact, was not a... Um, was was not a comedy. It was uh, it was it was a feature film. It was with that. Oh, now I have to remember this. Um, let me see. It was with Buck Jones. He made a couple of films with him, and um, did quite well. Uh, not hugely comedic parts that he took. So it kind of shows that he he had some diversity. Good ad libber, by the way. Uh, could do a little dramatic. And this is a real. This is a kick for you. Uh, Back in '34, the um, Will Hayes and uh, the government put out what was known as the Hayes Code. It was essentially sort of a, uh, a law governing film, sort of to, to, to get them to self-regulate themselves in terms of ethics and decency and whatever. Okay. Clean up a lot of the gangster films. Well, Shemp, if you can believe this, this was after the ethics code was in, so this film was a little tamer. It's called Convention Girl. It was a, um, I'm trying to think of the company now, Falcon, I believe, Productions, all about uh, criminals and uh, uh, ladies of the evening on Atlantic City. And Shemp, get ready for this, played gangster. <laughs> not, not, no comedy at all. In fact, he was known for being, uh, you know, an embezzler, a swindler, a double dealer. And get ready for this, he packed a gun 
and he tried to murder his, um, his uh, partner in crime. So that gives you an idea that Shemp wasn't just one of the studios. If he wanted, uh, by the way, Convention Girl is not a great film. I own it, of course. <laughs> I now have a collection. I now have a collection of Shemp films that you'd be envious of. But um, it wasn't a great film because the ethics code was was in the Hayes Code, a little tamer than uh, in say thirty four and beyond or, or so earlier. But it was pretty good. And the best part about it was when Old Shemp shows up wearing his uh, little cap there and his nice. Uh, three-piece soup, smoking a cigarette, and packing a packing a pistol in his uh, his <laughs> pocket. So, there's one of the little highlights of um, of the Columbia series. Um, now, you said you weren't too aware of uh, Universal that no. he was in. This is even more interesting, I think. He appeared. Uh, one of his neighbors, by the way, in in uh, in the Los Angeles uh, Tulipa Lake uh, area, was John Wayne, the Duke. Duke. Yeah. And the Duke used to drive him to the studios occasionally. Well, guess why? Because the Duke was starring in a film with uh, Randolph Scott and Marlena Dietrich in uh, 1941. I hope I've got that date right. All the uh, exact details here, I'm sure they're make, making a note saying, I got that wrong, it's 42. But anyway, I believe it was 41. He appears as John Wayne's um, tailor, uh, sort of uh, making his suits for him. And he gets to do a little bit of, uh, there he is on screen with Randolph Scott and John Wayne, both guys in the six foot three, six foot four range. And lo and behold, after he runs out of the tailor shop after the guys, where's he to an arena across the street, boxing. So what's the first thing Champ does? Sits in his seat, starts swinging his hands wildly, just going to it. And that was where John Wayne, I'm not going to tell you anymore because I, People should buy that for themselves. It's called Pittsburgh. Great, great fun film. It's a dramatic film. Okay. And he was introduced on advertisements by the uh, the studios as the quote-unquote introducing the Hollywood's ugliest man, the ugliest man in Hollywood, because his publicity his publicity gang, his, uh, his manager and whoever else was his agent, set up this fake... Let's have an ugliest man in a Hollywood competition. And, uh, well, he was destined to win it. They gave him a trophy. They made, it made the newspapers. And talk about wonderful promotion. There he was, up alongside of John Wayne, the ugliest man in Hollywood. And we all know he's not. He just an amazing sort of um, face that he could sort of manipulate. He could sort of pull into the most wonderfully contorted looks. Uh, I think I think it would be more more uh, in his favor from his fans to say maybe the world's funniest face, and <laughs> I mean funny in a very nice sense. So yeah, that's a little that's a little sample. And he made uh, you know six films with Abbott Costello. He uh, he appeared in a half a dozen films with the Andrews Sisters. Um, he was in a, a blockbuster. Uh, I guess you could call it a fantasy adventure. Um, called Arabian Nights, and he played... Ah, Arabian um, Nights, yes. He played an old Sinbad. So here we have an old, uh, uh, you know, an old Jewish comic playing a great Arabian hero, uh, Sinbad. Lots of fun. I've got that film, too. So I should open up a library soon, because I think I've got all these films for for, for rental or, or, or borrow, free borrow. So a lot of things. Uh, you know, he was in... Um, 
behind prison gates. He's got one line in it, great line, Murder Over New York. That was one of the Charlie Chan uh, films. Uh, Another Thin Man. You name it. It's it's a bit of a joke with Shemp fans. Basically, they they phone they phone each other up and say, "Guess what film I saw Shemp Howard in last night?" That's the line. That's the running gag. So that there you have. I think in a nutshell, without giving too much of the book away, yeah. there you have his early days: Vitaphone, Columbia, and Universal. Then the next step is the Stooges, and I I think you know where we come in now. Yeah, now it's time. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, no. Listen, this this is why you're here. You're here to talk about Shemp, and and you're ex- you're an expert on Shemp. So this is what. Well, I don't know about an expert. All right. I'm, well, you're. I'm, a, I'm an educated follower. Educated follower. Okay, fine. A educated yes. follower on Shemp. So this is his story. So I want you to share it. So let's yeah. go. Let's continue. Well, there's another film too. Which um, a lot of people, uh, Shemp followers and even just general Stooge fans, they think this is probably Shemp's best performance. And I can see that. Personally, I, I'm up with Convention Girl, but I guess I like murdering scandalous uh, embezzling thieves. And maybe they're my kind of people. I don't know. It's called Private Buckaroo. And it's, 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 um, it was sort of intended as sort of a, a boost morale for the the American part of World War II. He's teamed up with Mary Wicks as his girlfriend. And they are absolutely perfect together. You know, she's about five foot ten and Champ's not. Anyway, they're funny, they get a lot of screen time, and at the very end of the film we're close to it. Shemp gets to appear on the stage with the Andrews sisters, dancing and, and making a making a wonderful musical comedic uh, presence of himself. Uh, in a number called um, Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree. And it's great, great, great fun. And also Donald O'Connor, by the way, the great Donald O'Connor, the dancer, was in that. Anyone who really wants to see a fun Shemp film where he's got a, a pretty decent chunk of the film, uh, check out Private, Private Buckaroo. I believe, in fact, you might be able to get it on YouTube. You just, so you don't have to buy it. Oh, I did. Are you bought but it? I love wasting <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> But see, but like, like you see, you're you're a shemp. What do you say? What did you say? An, an educated, educated, educated uh, shemp yeah. fan. Yeah, educated yeah. shemp fan. So, so I, well, I I would understand why you would want to buy his movies, one of his movies. So that's like me. Well, I'm I'm a like I'm a um. Let's see. I'm a big uh, Lord of the Ring guy. Lord of the Ring guys. I love uh, the Lord of the Ring movies. The, the trilogy, the, the the original three trilogy. Not not that uh. Hobbit trilogy that came after the three original movies, um, Lord of the Rings, right. The Fellowship, and then the Two Towers and the Return of the King, which is my favorite movie all time. That's t- that's just me. But I I I I I own the collection. I have the the DVDs because I want them because I'm a big fan. So you being yeah. a Shemp fan, you would I would understand why you would collect his movies. Well, how about we turn the tables next time we're on the air? I'll interview you about Lord of the Rings, and and I'll do it. I'll have it with a twist. They'll say, "What role do you think Shen could have played in these movies?" <laughs> Ooh, I can see, I can see him maybe as a dwarf. Oh, I think okay. I think he would be make a good dwarf. Okay, 
That sounds good. I, I'm visualizing that now because I too have all the films downstairs. My wife is an absolute fanatic. Yeah. Um, so that's oh, that's good. I like that. I, I'll 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 call his uh, granddaughter today and see if she feels okay with that. Shen being a dwarf in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so the thing is with with all these films that um, right towards the end of his stay with Columbia and his films with the Universal. Um, his younger brother, Curly, had gotten very ill, um, suffering from uh, um, strokes. I mean, he he sort of led um, a partying lifestyle. Um, you know, very, 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 feel very, very sorry for him. Wonderful, wonderful actor. I mean, one of a kind. Anyway, um, at at a stage close to around 1946, um, it was known to him that. Mo was trying to find, they were trying to find a replacement because he was, re- well, he had suffered a major stroke on the, um, the set of uh, Half Foot's Holiday. And uh, so the next, uh, I guess in, in, in 49 would have been uh, Shemp's first film back with the studios. He did one personal appearance, I believe, uh, down in New Orleans. Uh, this is wild. The, the understanding was because he had a fairly successful uh, solo career. This would be temporary until Curly got better, which sadly that never happened. Um, the film, his first film with the Stooges, was called Fright Night. And since I talked about Shemp's favorite pastime, what do you think that story was about? Boxing. Boxing, yeah. Yeah, and it was, I mean, that was almost like a, a, a seamless re-entry back into the Stooges. Well, it would be a seamless re-entry to those who knew he was with the Stooges originally, or at least the original Stooges. Um, but for those who are going to be missing Curly, uh, certainly when I saw it, I thought, well, it, it's perfect. It, it's timely. He just fit beautifully into it because he knew the routines. He was a good sort of um, a great physical comedian. He was good with the words, and it's very, very funny. He made, in his time back, and I'm not certainly going to jump over all of it, but he made some classics, and around about uh, over 70 or so, um, I think probably you've heard about the fake Shemp at some point. He actually died, sadly, um, November 22nd, uh, 1955, uh, yet again. What do you think he was? Coming home from... A night at the fights with his friends. That's where he dies. Um, so, you know, after making some, some of the films were uneven because budgets were cut. Uh, there was not as much location shooting. An awful lot of copying of, uh, like, doing remakes of whole chunks of scenes. Uh, Champ always did his best 100%, and I think that's what most admirers of him always say even some of his solo Columbia works which weren't considered to be great films they say irrespective of that Shemp always put a hundred percent in the problem was he wasn't always given great material which is unfortunate but he was a trooper I think one of the one of the truly great uh, I don't know if you want to call him a second banana or whatever I think he could have done even more but he did the same with some of the later Stooges films in the 50s and, you know, there you are, 49 to 55, again, over 70 shorts. Um, for the last four or five that were still on contract, 
they used snippets of old film from his, his other works, and they got uh, Joe Palma, who was quite a well-known um, Columbia bit player. Uh, they got him to fill in from the back. I think you actually got one side view of him, so you never really saw him as sort of the fake shemp. That's a whole other story, but I do go into it to some degree in the book. So, I mean, you know, he basically, for from my perspective, he kept the uh, the Stooges alive because there was every reason to think, I, I, I sincerely believe this, that if someone else had been chosen to replace Curly temporarily or permanently, I don't know that the Stooges would have been the same. And... Um, when Champ died, passed away, uh, the next one up uh, was, in fact, a very close friend of his, and that was Joe Besser. Then Joe Besser left, and Curly Joe DeRita came around. So that, that's one thing that's interesting. Uh, Shemp and Mo as well, really have their roots in the studios back to around 1923. So in three years' time, the, the, the concept, the, the trio known as the Three Studios, really dates back a complete century, and that's just totally remarkable. You know, makes us feel old. I don't know, how about you? Do you feel old knowing that? Or just feel like um, a kid? Me? Do I feel old just knowing that? No. Because that, because I, I was, because they were, I, I, like, when I saw them, it was already, like, I had already known what I was into black and white. I wasn't, I was, I've seen black and white movies, but I was born in the 70s, so... I got to experience I when I started watching TV and everything it was color TV and and stuff like that and but when I got watching the Stooges on the Saturday afternoon was something I would do like the Saturday afternoon you would start you would watch a, a Stooge movie or a Abbott Costello movie or um a, a Laurel Hardy movie so you always you, you always you always got to see those that those kind of movies growing up at least i did and um right now you only see them like because back then we only had like three or four channels you only had uh, at least in new york city we had uh abc nbc uh cbs um wpix and uh fox and that's about it so programming for me programming was yeah like saturday mornings i would watched i didn't think i didn't really think about the the age difference and and the time it was just i enjoyed the comedy so i didn't really think as far as that their time like i I didn't really reflect on how that they they were in the 1930s 40s and stuff like that and and i was in my eight and i was in the 80s I just enjoyed the great humor and comedy in, in it. it. It still, it still was funny, even after all those years. Reach to, even to this day now, it's still funny. It's I don't, I don't it's, think. It's yeah, I don't, it's yeah. timeless. It's, I don't think about. It's, that's what I mean. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. It, it, I don't focus on the time that it happened. I just enjoy the comedy. If that makes right. sense. Right. Um, there is one little point because I know people are probably, as they're as they're watching this, they're flipping through their books and saying, "You got Pittsburgh wrong." I did. Pittsburgh came out in 1942. 
the film I was thinking of at the time, 41, believe it or not, he had played with Lon Chaney, he played with Lon Chaney Jr., yes, the Wolfman, in a comedy called San Antonio Rose. They were sort of set up as a bit of a Abbott and Costello. Um, I'm sure most people would say, no, they're not really Abbott and Costello. They did a pretty good job. I, I think it was okay. Shampoo Shorter, Long was a nice tall guy. And the other film that, that really struck me that I didn't mention, which I think was very interesting, was in 1940, the year before the Long Cheney film, he appeared with W.C. Fields. He was the bartender. Um, and, of course, W.C. was the drinker. Um, very interesting, very, very interesting film. Uh, I, I know films are edited quite a lot, so you're going to get people complaining that his role was edited quite a bit but it's still quite quite uh it's it's very good it's not just passable you're watching champ there trading lines and, and scenes with wc fields who i think was probably i don't know one of the greatest um, deliverers of lines in movies for sure uh and champ held his own and um it's a good movie. The Bank Dick is actually a very good movie. So he appeared, like I said, with all kinds. even appeared with a couple of the uh, uh, members of uh, who are the East Side Kids of the Bowery Boys, uh, Hunts Hall and uh, Gabe Dell. And, um, you know, smaller roles, game Columbia films. And he also appeared on another film, the Head and East film I mentioned. He has a, a little bit there where he plays the manager of a... Um, of a local gymnasium for uh, for kids, and he gets in the, the ring to do a little sparring with uh, one of the kids, and the kid was Leo Gorshi, the the you know the big cheese of the Bowery Boys. So he, it's everyone. You, you name a person he's been in the films with, and you're likely to uh, you're likely to find Sham Howard's name there. That's the kill. 105 solo films wow. he appeared in, aside from. Um, the, the, Stooges. the Stooge flick. Yeah. So, 105. That's a lot of movies. You know, it's like, it's like the old Hank Snow song, Country and Western. He's been everywhere. You know, I mean, uh, and uh, for anyone who's not a Country and Western fan, I do apologize, but I, I do like Country and Western as well. I like it all. This is what I, this is what I love about being able to do this book. Is uh, It's been a lot of work, and it's also been a lot of work to make sure that you don't make too many mistakes. Yeah. Or, or if there's a rumor about him or, or his basic uh, scenario, that you, you make sure the, the reader understands this is a rumor. This isn't necessarily true. And most likely it isn't true. Uh, so I try to stay away from that kind of thing. But to find out the facts, you know, uh, to find out what really happened is totally fascinating. And it makes my makes me feel that my initial uh, connection to Shemp, as well as the original, or as well as the, the three better known Stooges at that time, was absolutely valid. Uh, you know, basically, I mean, if I could call the book Shemp Rocks, I would, but I don't think my publisher would go with that somehow. So, no, no. so that, unless you've got a lot more to ask me, I think that's essentially how I see Shemp. Uh, an amazing, versatile man who was also known for being a great ad-libber when he was allowed, who died way, way, way too young, and I think would have been pretty nifty 
showing up on some of the TV shows in the 60s, early 60s, if he'd lived that long, you know, a little bit of a guest role. Harpo Marx appeared on the, the Lucille, uh, I Love Lucy show. So why not Sham Howard on one of those shows? And so if only he would have lived longer, we would have gotten even more great things out of him. So if you think I like Sham Howard, that's an understatement. I, <laughs> I just love him. He's just great. All right. All right, Jeff. So let the people know where they can uh, find you at, where they can um, look you up and definitely look up, look find find out when the book is coming out and everything. So. Okay. Well, um, essentially for finding me, I'm, uh, I talk too much actually on, on Facebook. So you can find me always chatting about something. Uh, I don't have my own page per se. I am thinking about in the next month or so getting a Facebook business page, which is devoted entirely to Shem. So as soon as I do that, I'll go on to the regular Facebook and say, ladies and gentlemen, my Shem page is up. All right, Other then. than that, when the book comes out, I, I'm not going to make, give my uh, nightmare, or my nightmare, give my publisher nightmares by telling you a date because I really don't know. I'm hoping for early in, in 2021, it'd be nice the publishing house by the way is bear manor media uh which specializes in these kind of books uh and in a lot of, like for example if you're looking for more information on on ted healy uh ben casera uh and uh, a california writer ex-police detective he wrote a brilliant book i mean it's 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 essentially the book on ted healy to get the story straight so Start looking, I'd say maybe March, maybe April, and I'll let you know on Facebook. No, no, listen, maybe we once when, when the book is ready to come out, we'll have you back on. How about that? Oh, that would be great. I'd love to do it. And uh, and I promise I won't wear a New York Tiger, or sorry, a Detroit Tigers hat. I don't mind uh, the Tigers. I don't mind the Tigers. I don't mind the Tigers. Oh, well, that's right. Now, if you I wear a Red Sox shirt, now if you wear a Red Sox shirt, I will cut your camera off and we just use your audio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, how, about, how about the Toronto? How about the Toronto Blue Jays? Nah, I don't have a problem with the Blue Jays either. Okay. All right. That's good. It's, it's just. Like it's it's just. What. It's just the Red Sox. I just uh, Boston. Just uh, yeah. they just. They just. Uh, I don't like the. I don't like the Boston Bruins either. The hockey team. Oh yeah, I definitely don't like the Bruins. No, no. Oh my God. Well, I, I don't. I don't like the Devils as much because I'm a Rangers fan. So. No. Yeah, so yeah. Rangers, yeah. I mean, Rangers have had some great players. Well, they're original. And six. the bottom line is, for for someone who lives up here in Canada, an ex-Brit, I mean, most still, most of the hockey players are Canadian. Yeah, not not all. No, a majority, mean, now, a majority, a majority of them are. But you have some, and you have a lot yeah. coming from Europe, and and you have oh, yeah. some amazing American-born players. So, yeah, I yeah. enjoy hockey. I enjoy hockey. Well, the next time. The next time we find a player by the name of Shemp, you know, you know, uh, t tell your friend up there that you're friends with that Shemp, you know, and we'll we'll start up a Shemp club. I'm definitely Shemp. I'm definitely gonna hit, get that email for you so uh, you could ask okay. him questions because he is he is a big Shemp fan. So I'll, I'll well, that's great. I'll let him know. I, I hope I hope I I haven't you know gone on too far, but I hope I've given you a little bit of information about Shemp. And, Maybe just a little bit of a tempting tidbit about what the books are. <laughs> but like I said, I, I was a Stooges fan, so this was interesting to me. So I, I yeah. enjoyed it. I appreciate you coming on it's the show. Well, I appreciate you having me. And uh, 
Yeah, because this song. was supposed to happen yeah. in August, and then you got the kidney stone, and you oh. was, you was down for a while, and then I'm just glad we got it. Fin- we finally got it done. It's it's great. I, I've I've had a great time, and uh, I look forward to talking to you when the book is finally out. And uh, baseball season, you know. I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not enjoying sports this year, really. I'm really not enjoying no. sports. No, I'm. I'm more focusing on 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 podcasting and uh, and and staying healthy. Right now, okay. they, they're just using sports right now to distract people with from. The I think ele- so. I think you're right from the election and other stuff. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about okay. that. Yeah, my team lost anyway. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Los Angeles Lakers for winning the titles this year. Yeah. I'm not a big sports guy right now. And I'm a big I love sports, but right now I'm having too much fun podcasting and meeting some amazing people. Well, that's great. It's great meeting you. It's uh always good meeting a stage fan, no matter where they're from. You know, and New, New York's a great city. You got Broadway. I like Broadway. I admit it. I I'm, I'm, I'm I like it. Oh, I, 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 like I growing up, I've been to probably like three Broadway plays. I've seen Cats, Phantom of the Opera, uh, oh. Le, Les Miserables. Les Miserables was amazing to me. And I've seen some other ones. I can't remember them right now, but those are three that I remember the most, though. Good. Excellent. Good stuff. But th- thank you, Jeff, for being on the show. Uh, again, when the book comes out, I'll have you back on and, and we can promote the book. That sounds great. I appreciate that very much. And uh, take care of yourself. Be safe. You too. You be safe out there. And um, I will you, do. You have a great day. Thanks very much. Bye for now. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Jeff Dale for being on the show. And now it's time for shout outs. Big shout out to my man, Steve Joyner. Hooked up another great episode. Appreciate it, brother. Big shout out to Talking Real 1000, King Says, Poppy J. What up? Big shout out to my man Chewy from the Screaming Chewy Show. Oh boy, you and the family doing well, brother. My heart's with you. Big shout out to my girl Brandy J. Big shout out to my wife Fina. I love you, baby. And as always, a big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless you. Be safe. Wise is out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt, Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt, and a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out.